Welcome to the GDPR Weekly Show, one of the top five GDPR podcasts worldwide. Here is what's coming up in this week's episode. Welcome to episode 212 of the GDPR Weekly Show, the number one GDPR podcast worldwide. And coming up with news that the Facebook Cambridge Analytica data breach lawsuit has ended with an 11th hour settlement. We have news that all the accounts were affected by the Twilio data breach. And we then travel to the Orkney Islands in Scotland where NHS Orkney has had a data breach. We then have news that electronics company Samsung has had a data breach. And we then have news that Evil Core and Tonti have been linked to the Cisco data breach, which we brought you notice of in previous episodes of the GDPR Week Show. We then have news that mobile banking apps are putting users' digital signatures at risk via Amazon AWS Web Services. We then travel to Bloomington in Illinois where AFNI is facing lawsuits after a data breach. Then we then travel to Canada, where the Conservatives are calling for the release of a report into a massive Afghan refugee data breach. We then travel to China, where Xinai Electronics had a data breach, which has released the details of 800 million Chinese people. We then travel to India, where there's an allegation that Vodafone Ideas had a data breach, but Vodafone Ideas denied that any data breach was taking place. We then travel to Maine in the USA, where student loan data breach has leaked 2.5 million social security numbers. We then travel to Russia, where the Russian streaming platform Start has confirmed a data breach affecting 7.5 million users. We then travel to Singapore, where Semcor Marine has had a data breach. And then to North Carolina, where Fonville Morrissey has had a data breach. We then look at the impact of data breaches on the US healthcare system so far this year. We then travel to Jacksonville in Florida, where Black Knight have had a data breach. And then finally this week, we end up in San Francisco, where the San Francisco 49ers NFL team have had a data breach. So there's always a wide range of articles for you this week. We hope you find the information in the articles useful and informative. If you have any feedback for us, please do email us at feedback at gdprweeklyshow.com. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR made simple. Available now on Amazon. If you've been a listener to the GDPR weekly show since the early days, then you might remember that back in episodes 8, 9 and 22, we brought in news of the Facebook Cambridge Analytica data breach. Well, this week, Facebook has finally dramatically agreed to settle a lawsuit seeking damages for allowing Cambridge Analytica access to the private data of tens of millions of users four years after the Observer newspaper exposed the scandal that mired the tech giant in repeated controversy. A court filing reveals that Meta, Facebook's parent company, has in principle settled for an undisclosed sum a long-running lawsuit that claims Facebook illegally shared user data with the UK analysis firm. It follows revelations of mass data misuse made by Cambridge Analytica whistleblower to the Observer newspaper in 2018, and that forced Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg to testify before Congress and led to Facebook receiving a multi-billion pound fine. Days after the story was published, Facebook's share price fell by the equivalent of more than 100 billion US dollars. However, some observers have expressed dismay that the timing of the potential settlement would prevent Zuckerberg and Meta's outgoing chief operating officer, Sheryl Sandberg, being made to testify during up to six hours of questioning by plaintiff's lawyers next month. The latest developments follow a separate lawsuit last year that claimed Facebook paid 4.9 billion US dollars more than necessary to the US Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, in a settlement over the Cambridge Analytica scandal in order to protect Zuckerberg. 
The lawsuit alleged that the size of the $5 billion settlement was motivated by a desire to prevent Facebook's founder from being named in the FTC complaint. We've asked Meta and its lawyers to share more details of the in-principle settlement, but at the time of going to broadcast, they've not yet come back to us. However, the filing does ask the judge in the San Francisco Federal Court to put the class action lawsuit on hold for 60 days until the lawyers for both sides finalise a written settlement. The four-year-old lawsuit brought by a group of Facebook users alleged that Facebook violated consumer privacy laws by sharing personal data of users with other firms such as Cambridge Analytica, which declared itself bankrupt two months after the Observer expose. Facebook users sued the company in 2018 after it merged the British analytics firm connected to former US President Donald Trump's successful 2016 campaign for the White House gained access to the data of as many as 87 million of the social media network subscribers. It is believed that Meta could have been made to pay hundreds of millions of dollars had it lost the case. If we get any further update on this from either the court or from Meta, we will of course bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Back in episodes 209 and 210, we brought you news of the data breach at Twilio. And this week, it's emerged that two-factor authentication firm Authy is the latest company revealed to have been impacted by the Twilio data breach. An update from Authy says that the app, which is owned by Twilio, has seen details of 93 user accounts exposed. Twilio, which provides customizable tools to build communication platforms, acquired Authy in 2005. The app has around 75 million users worldwide, making it one of the most popular two-factor authentication services. In its report on the incident, Twilio says the hackers were able to use the extra access gained from the initial attack to register additional devices to the 93 affected accounts. The company says it's now identified and removed the unauthorized devices from these accounts, but the users should review their linked logins and look for signs of suspicious activity, as well as disabling the app's allow multi-device option. Twilio believes that the security of our customers' data is of paramount importance, and when an incident occurs that might threaten that security, we communicate what happened in a transparent manner, the company said. To that end, we are providing an overview of the incident, impacting customer information and our response. Okta has also revealed that 38 Okta-related phone numbers were compromised via Twilio's administrative portals, according to a data breach report by the company. Group 1B has said that 10,000 accounts at more than 130 organisations were impacted by the phishing campaign, including marketing companies MailChimp and Clavio. Russian-founded cybersecurity firm Group 1B Threat Intelligence attributed the Twilio data breach to a criminal group dubbed Octopus. The group allegedly used 169 unique domains as part of a large-scale phishing campaign that's been operational since March 2022. According to the firm's research, Octopus mainly targeted US-based companies providing IT, software development and cloud services with the aim of getting the credentials needed to access private data, corporate email, and internal documents. Group 1B's research said it was not yet clear if the attacks by Octopus were planned end-to-end in advance or whether opportunistic actions were taken at each stage. As always, if we get any update from Twilio, we will to speak to you in the next available episode of the GPWG Show. To the Orkney Islands now, and an investigation has been launched by NHS Orkney following a serious data breach. Island health bosses have apologised after reports found primary care records have been unnecessarily accessed by a member of staff. The breach has directly affected a total of 69 patients on the island of Stronsay. It's understood the staff member involved with the breach no longer works for the health board. The breach, which was first flagged by complaint, has been reported to the Information Commissioner's Office. Health officials have written to all those affected to inform them of the breach. NHS Orkney says a number of measures to prevent any further data breaches have been imposed, 
including the delivery of additional data protection training and reinforcing data protection procedures. Interim Chief Executive Michael Dixon has reassured patients that the breach has been contained. I would like to apologise unreservedly on behalf of NHS Orkney for this unacceptable breach of personal information, he said. We're far short of the behaviour we expect from those working for us. We take patient confidentiality very seriously and have reported this data breach to the Information Commissioner. I would like to reassure the individuals affected there's no evidence that any data has been amended, downloaded, removed or forwarded. Nevertheless, it is deeply regrettable to the third. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com Electronics giant Samsung has confirmed a data breach affecting customers' personal information. In a brief notice, Samsung said it discovered the security incident in late July and that an unauthorised third party had acquired information from some of Samsung's US systems. The company said it determined customer data was compromised on August 4th this year. Samsung said social security numbers and credit card numbers were not affected, but some customer information, name, contact and demographic information, date of birth and product registration information had been taken. The information affected for each relevant customer may vary. We are notifying customers to make them aware of this matter, Samsung said in a statement. A spokesperson for Samsung declined to say how many customers were affected or why it took Samsung more than a month to notify customers about the breach, which was announced just hours ahead of a US holiday weekend, marking Labor Day. Even though the investigation is ongoing, we wanted to notify our customers to make them aware of this matter because we understand how important their privacy is, the spokesperson said. The company noted it had taken steps to secure its systems and has brought in an unnamed third-party cybersecurity firm. Samsung said it was also coordinating with law enforcement. This is the second time Samsung has confirmed a data breach this year. In March, Samsung admitted that the Lapsus hacking group, the same group that infiltrated NVIDIA, Microsoft and T-Mobile, obtained and leaked almost 200 gigabytes of confidential data, including source code for various technologies and algorithms for biometric operations. If we get any further updates from Samsung, we will, of course, bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR Made Simple. Available now on Amazon. Back in episode 209, we brought you news about a data breach at Cisco, which had been carried out via vishing. Well, this week, a new report by Pure Play Managed Detection and Response Service Provider eCentire has connected the data breach affecting Cisco systems with an evil core affiliate group. More specifically, eCentire's Threat Response Unit discovered that the IT infrastructure used to attack Cisco was also deployed in an attempted compromise of one of its clients in April 2022. TRU believes that a hacker who uses the alias Mix1R is the cyber criminal behind the attack, eCentire wrote. According to security company Mandiant, the threat actor known as MX1R would be a member of an evil core affiliate group called UNC2165. For context, in an advisory published after the May attack, Cisco attributed their breach to a threat actor with ties to the Lapsus threat group and a group that Mandiant calls UNC2447. Fast forward to the present day, the MDR advisory clarified that while the tactics, techniques and procedures of the attack against the Workforce Management Corporation matched those of evil core, the infrastructure used matched that of a Conti ransomware affiliate, which has been seen deploying known ransomware payloads. Looking at various technical details of the malicious infrastructure leverage, TRU discovered a handful of additional instances of cobalt strike infrastructure, eCentire wrote. TRU tracks its infrastructure cluster as Hive Strike. The Hive group first appeared on the ransomware scene in June 2021 
and quickly gained a reputation for attacking critical targets including hospitals, energy companies and IT companies. According to Incentire's report, Hive Strike also bears some similarities to the Shadow Strike infrastructure reported by TRU earlier this year with affiliations to Conti. It seems unlikely, but not impossible, that Conti would send its infrastructure to Evil Tor the advisory. Incentire concluded its advisory by providing a series of suggestions to help companies protect their systems from cyber attacks. These include having offline backup copies of all critical files, using multi-factor authentication, and only allowing administrators to access network appliances using a VPN service. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Massive amounts of private data, including more than 300,000 biometric digital fingerprints used by five mobile banking apps, have been put at risk of theft due to hard-coded Amazon Web Services credentials, according to security researchers. Semantic Threat Hunter team said it discovered 1,859 publicly available apps, both Android and iOS, containing baked-in AWS credentials. That means if someone wants to look inside the apps, they would have found the credentials in the code, and could potentially use that to access the app's backend, Amazon-hosted servers, and still use as data. The vast majority, it has to be said, 98% of those affected were iOS apps. In all, 77% of those apps contained valid AWS access tokens that allowed access to private AWS cloud services. Additionally, almost half, 47%, contained valid AWS tokens providing full access to sometimes millions of private files via Amazon S3 buckets. These hard-coded AWS access tokens would be easy to extract and exploit and reflect a serious supply chain issue. It's understood that the makers of these apps may not have baked in the credentials themselves or even know they were there. The tokens may have been introduced by a poorly designed software dependency. The reason is that most developers developing mobile apps don't start from scratch. They rely on software libraries or software development kits, SDKs, and other third-party components which comprise the building blocks that the apps are made of. Each one of them makes decisions about security of a product that you ultimately end up providing to your customers. So a decision by, say, someone providing an SDK to put in hard-coded credentials could potentially impact thousands of different apps, depending on how widely that SDK is used. In one example, we're told, a B2B provider of internet and communication services gave out a mobile SDK to its customers to use to access its platform. It turned out that the SDK contained the provider's cloud infrastructure keys, which potentially exposed all of its customers' data, including financial records, employee information and other information that was stored on the platform. Data on more than 15,000 medium and large-sized companies had been exposed. The reason for this is that the SDK had a hard-coded AWS token to access an Amazon-powered translation service. However, that token granted full access to the provider's back-end systems rather than just a translation tool. Instead of limiting the hard-coded access token for use with the translation cloud service, Anyone with the token had full unfettered access to all the B2B's companies' AWS cloud services, Semantics Kevin Watkins wrote in the report. To Illinois in the USA now, and a Bloomington-based customer engagement agency that is also known for its role in debt collections, is the subject of two class action lawsuits that alleged the company did not properly notify more than 260,000 people of a data breach in July 2021. Both lawsuits contend that the company, AFNI, knew of a data breach that month, yet waited 12 more months before telling its employees and other affected people that identifying information had been linked online, including social security numbers, birth dates and addresses. When the company did notify the roughly 261,450 people affected that their data had been leaked, it obfuscated its nature 
and downplayed the threat to victims, telling them that hackers only may have viewed or stolen their data and that AFNI was only notifying them about the breach out of an abundance of caution. Even when notified, victims were not told why it took the company 12 months to alert them that their personal information had been compromised and whether any data was recovered according to the same complaint. One lawsuit was filed in late July on behalf of Marion Caldwell-Powell, a woman who provided her personally identifiable information, PII, to AFNI and found out via a letter that had been leaked. Caldwell Powell's lawsuit alleges negligence on AFRI's part for not protecting personal data and that she would not have allowed AFNI to have access to her personal information if she had known that AFNI would not adequately protect her personally identifiable information. Another federal complaint was filed on Monday by Nicole Poshnow, who previously worked for the company. Her filing said she was only notified on June the 14th that her data had been leaked, despite the leak having occurred nearly 12 months earlier, and that identity had been stolen seven times as a result. Neither AFNI nor the attorneys for Caldwell Powell or Pocknell responded to requests for comment before we've gone to broadcast. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com To Canada now, and the Conservative Party of Canada has written to the Privacy Commissioner asking him to speed up his investigation of a federal government data breach that exposed the identities of hundreds of Afghans seeking Canada's help to escape from the Taliban in October 2021. The preceding Privacy Commissioner, Daniel Theron, announced a formal inquiry into the breach at Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada in November of last year. The names of several hundred vulnerable Afghans seeking refuge from the Taliban were leaked in emails sent in error by IRCC. The Afghans in question fear reprisals from the Taliban, some are in hiding because of past roles in the Afghan government, armed forces or judiciary, or as human rights activists. One email seen by CBC News in Canada listed 200 names. The IRCC has apologised to those affected by the reply or error. A similar but smaller data breach involving the UK Ministry of Defence the previous month got a more robust response, a ministerial apology in the British House of Commons and a departmental investigation. In his letter to the Privacy Commissioner, Conservative Immigration Critic Jasrat Singh, Hallen asked why the report is taking so long to emerge. He wrote that Defrethne's office informed mine that the report on this matter was projected to be finalised and released by the end of June, with an informed report was sent for review by senior management in July. Hallen called on the Commissioner to make the results of the investigation public immediately. A spokesperson for the Privacy Commissioner told CBC News the investigation remains ongoing. We anticipate the investigation will be completed in the coming month. The Privacy Commissioner is taking too long to release a report into IRCC leaking Afghan refugees' data, Hallan told CBC News. This is time that Afghans fleeing the Taliban don't have. This isn't in any way a knock on the Privacy Commissioner or public servants, he said, adding that he knows the job is difficult and they're under pressure. I can understand that investigations don't take time, but Canadians deserve to know if the government is purposely dragging its heels and providing required information to the Commissioner to delay the report. Hallan said it's important to fix the problems that led to the leak before other vulnerable groups are affected by something similar. We have another crisis now in Ukraine and we want to make sure that this kind of data breach doesn't happen again, he said. We want to make sure that our immigration system is secure given all the recent cyber attacks happening around the world and that this doesn't happen to vulnerable Afghans or to people from Ukraine or indeed people from any other country. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is! GDPR Made Simple. Available now on Amazon. China is facing another massive data leak of its citizens as a huge database of at least 800 million records containing faces and vehicle license plates has been exposed online. 
The exposed data, which has now disappeared from the internet, belonged to a tech company called Sinai Electronics based in Hangzhou District. In volume, a cyber heist is second to another massive data leak of 1 billion records from a Shanghai police database last month. In both cases, the data was likely exposed inadvertently and as a result of human error. Sinai Electronics uses facial recognition to build systems for controlling access for people and vehicles to workplaces, schools, construction sites and parking garages across China. It also uses facial recognition for personnel management, like payroll, monitoring employee attendance and performance. Its cloud-based vehicle license plate recognition system allows drivers to pay for parking in unattended garages. The database included links to high-resolution photos of faces and also had records of visual license plates collected by Zainai cameras in parking garages, driveways and other office entry points. Zainai Electronics did not comment and by the mid-August, these exposed databases had disappeared. If we receive any update on this, we will of course bring to you in the future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. To India now, and Vodafone Idea denies reports of a data breach, calling it false and malicious. Vodafone Idea says it learnt about a potential vulnerability in its billing communications and that was immediately fixed and the thorough forensic analysis was conducted to ascertain that there was no data breach. However, a report by cybersecurity research firm CyberX9 claimed that the core data records of around 20 million customers of Vodafone Idea were leaked and accessed by cyber criminals. The cybersecurity research firm claimed that the core data records of 20.6 million postpaid Vodafone Idea customers were leaked due to vulnerabilities in the company systems. It further claimed the data leaked into the call time, duration of the call, from where the call was made, full name of the subscriber, address SMS details and roaming details. City X9's founder and managing director, Himanshu Patak, said on Sunday that the firm had shared its entire findings with Vodafone Idea via email. Later, on August 22nd, Vodafone Idea confirmed receipt of our report. Vodafone Idea acknowledged the vulnerabilities discovered and reported by us on August 24th, Patak said. However, Vodafone Idea has denied the claim, saying that it learned about a potential vulnerability in its billing communication and that had been immediately fixed and a thorough vendor analysis had conducted and ascertained that there was no data breach. Vodafone Idea customer data remains fully safe and secure, they said. Vodafone Idea said regular checks and audits are conducted to strengthen its security infrastructure. To Maine in the USA now, and a data breach on student loan service and now net servicing has caused the confidential information of over 2.5 million users to be leaked. Neonet Servicing provides technology services including a website portal to two student loan companies, Ed Financial and Osler Services. It's understood that on 21st of July 2022, Neonet contacted the two student loan servicing companies it provides technology services to about a cybersecurity vulnerability which was discovered due to some suspicious activity. Once the vulnerability was discovered, now network to secure its information systems and launched an investigation into the incident. It was concluded by an investigation on the 17th of August that due to the vulnerability, student loan account registration information, including name, address, email address, phone number and social security number, was accessible to an unknown third party starting in June and ended on 22nd of July 2022. Following this discovery, NetLNet Servicing notified the US Department of Education and also law enforcement agencies. In a notice of the data breach provided to the Office of the Maine Attorney General, NowNet said it is providing impacted individuals with guidance on how to better protect against identity theft and fraud. 
The company has also provided individuals affected by the breach with access to credit monitoring services for 24 months, as well as providing notice incident to all relevant state and federal regulators and credit reporting agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. To Russia now, and Russian media streaming platform Start has confirmed rumours of a data breach impacting millions of users. The platform's administrators shared that network intruders managed to steal a 2021 database from its systems and are now distributing samples online. The stolen database contains email addresses, phone numbers and usernames. Start characterises the data as being uninteresting to most cyber criminals as it can't be used for taking over account. Financial information, bank card data, browsing history or user passwords have not been impacted because these details were not present in the database. We have already fixed the vulnerability and access to our data is closed, the company said. Even though a global reset isn't enforced by Star, it is recommending to all its users that they change their passwords. The rumours about a data breach impacting Star first appeared on Sunday, August 28th, when a 72-gigabyte MongoDB JSON dump containing information of almost 44 million users started to be distributed over a social network. Many of these entries concern test accounts, but the dump contains 7,455,926 unique email addresses, which is likely to be close to the real number of exposed users. The record state as recently as September 22, 2021, so this incident doesn't impact users who registered the service after that date. Russian news outlet Medusa reports having tested random entries from the leaked database on Start's password recovery tool, and all logins turned out to be valid. One discrepancy between start statement and the leaked dump is that the latter contains MD5 crypt hash passwords, IP addresses, login logs and subscription details which have not been included in the official statement on the platform. Due to the increased cyber offensive activity against Russian online platforms because of the war in Ukraine, the Russian government is currently implementing methods to defend user data for unauthorised access and to protect its citizens from exposure. The Ministry of Digital Development is promoting a plan to create a register of unacceptable IT security practices to help raise awareness amongst organisation leaders. It's understood the department's working on a draft law which suggests a fine of 3% of the breached company's annual turnover to introduce an incentive for firms to develop and apply sound security practices. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR made simple. Available now on Amazon. To Singapore now, and Singapore's Semtor Marine has discovered a cyber security incident where an unauthorised party accessed part of its IT network via third-party software. Semmarine has already established that certain personally identifiable information relating to some of its incoming, existing and former employees, as well as non-trickle information relating to its operations, were affected. The contractor has contacted those impacted and said it is committed to helping them manage all possible risks and take appropriate follow-up actions. We are mindful of the concerns of all affected parties and would like to assure all of our stakeholders that information security and the privacy of all stakeholders are our top priorities, the company said. Semarine on Thursday said that it treats the incident as seriously and took immediate actions to manage and mitigate any potential risks. The company has appointed cybersecurity experts to conduct detailed analytics to flush out all breaches and related root causes, assist with impact assessment, and to review and enhance security measures to further strengthen the contractors' core IT infrastructure and systems. Based on investigations and impact assessments to date by the company and its cybersecurity experts, the incident and related risks have been effectively addressed. Our business operations remained unaffected throughout, Semarine said. The offshore marine contractor confirmed it had notified relevant authorities in Singapore 
and is collaborating closely with them with regard to this incident. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. To North Carolina now, a realtor, Fon Mill Monsey, is notifying certain individuals of a ransomware incident that may have affected their personal information. On October 26, 2021, Fonville Morrissey discovered its computer systems were encrypted with ransomware. Fonville Morrissey immediately launched an investigation with the assistance of cybersecurity experts into the nature and scope of the incident. The investigation determined a cybercriminal unlawfully gained access to Fonville Morrissey's systems on October 22, 2021 and may have viewed or access files containing personal information. Fonville Morrissey provided initial notice to known impacted individuals on December 29, 2021. One of the computer systems that was encrypted by ransomware was Fonville Morrissey's email environment, including attachments. In order to determine what, if any, personal information was contained within the email environment or the attachments, Fonville Morrissey engaged a third-party forensic vendor to conduct a data mining exercise. Data mining is an extensive and thorough effort to identify the individuals and determine if personal information was impacted within the email environment and or any attachments. Based on the information provided by the data mining, Fonville Morrissey determined additional notification of individuals was required and on August 31st, 2022, Fonville Morrissey mailed notification to impacted individuals. Fonville Morrissey also provided supplemental notice of the incident to the consumer reporting agencies and certain state regulators required. Please note the personal information varies by individual and Fonville Morrissey cannot confirm whether this personal information was actually accessed, acquired or exfiltrated by the cybercriminal. For most individuals, the personal information consists of name and one of the following. Social security number, driver's license number, passport number, financial account information or payment card information. Fonville Morrissey takes this incident and the security information seriously. In addition to the actions taken above, Fonville Morrissey implemented multi-factor authentication on all accounts, reviewed its policies and procedures, and engaged leading cybersecurity experts to implement additional safeguards and security protections within its environment. Fonville Morrissey is offering impacted individuals complementary credit monitoring and identity restoration services through Experian. While Fonville Morrissey is unaware of any actual or attempted misuse of personal information, Fonville Morrissey nevertheless encourages individuals to review any credit reports for suspicious activity and to report all suspicious activity. Because of the amount of data that it holds on people, it's perhaps not surprising that one of the areas which has the most data breaches is the whole area of healthcare. And we took a look this week at data breaches which occurred in the American healthcare system in the first eight months of this year. So far, we've had one touch point which had just over 2.6 million individuals impacted. Then we had eye care leaders, which had another 2 million individuals impacted. We also had Shields Healthcare Group, with another 2 million individuals impacted. The professional finance company, with just under 2 million individuals impacted. Novant House, with 1.3 million individuals impacted. Broward House, with another 1.3 million individuals impacted. Baptist Medical Centre with 1.2 million individuals infected, MCG House with 1.1 million individuals impacted, Practice Resources with 942,000 individuals impacted, the Partnership House Plan of California with 855,000 individuals impacted. And so you can see that in total, that's millions of Americans who've been impacted by data breaches in the healthcare system just so far this year. 
We don't have the equivalent figures for Europe at this time, but we're trying to collate them so that we can bring them to you for comparison. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. To Jacksonville in Florida now, and Black Knight, a company which provides integrated technology services data and analytics to the credit union, mortgage and real estate industries, has declared that it's had a data breach. On August the 31st, 2022, Black Knight confirmed that the company experienced a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to sensitive consumer data contained on Black Knight's network. According to Black Knight, the breach resulted in names and social security numbers of certain individuals being compromised. It's understood that Black Knight has sent out data breach letters to all affected parties, informing them of the incident and what they can do to protect themselves from identity theft and other fraud. If we get any update on this from Black Knight, we will talk to you in a future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Wish there was a simple guide to GDPR? Well, now there is. GDPR Made Simple. Available now on Amazon. To San Francisco now, an NFL team, the San Francisco 49ers, have said the names and social security numbers of nearly 21,000 people were stolen in a breach of the team's computer systems earlier this year. The acknowledgement was made in a required data breach notification filed with the state of Maine. According to the filing, which references a notification made to consumers on Thursday, the breach occurred in February and was discovered in August. A total of 20,930 people were affected. In a Friday statement to the press, the 49ers said they had begun alerting those affected by the breach and are offering them free credit monitoring and identity theft protection services. The 49ers said they are also working with cyber security experts to shore up their cyber defences and prevent future breaches. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com We hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show and that you found the information useful and informative. We do really appreciate your feedback, so please do email us at feedback at gdpowerweeklyshow.com with any comments you might have about the articles we've raised this week, or indeed any suggestions you might have for improvements to the show. The GDPR Weekly Show is a insurance production. Please be advised that any advice given during the show is general in nature and should not be taken as specific legal advice. You should always seek legal advice according to your own specific circumstances. Until next time. Bye-bye.